1: Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance.
0: Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Flex podcast. I am your host, Samantha Graviti, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only Mike Triplett, longtime Saints beat reporter, who you can follow on Twitter at Mike Triplett. Mike, another huge win yesterday in this wide open NFC South. <laughs> what do you make of this? And yeah, we get the Buccaneers. Uh, they were almost losing that game. So, you know, I, I'm a little bummed about that, but I don't even know. I'm not sure if I'm rooting for the Panthers at this point.
1: Well, we work for the Action Network. The thing that I have learned is whatever in-game bets you can make, whatever live betting you can do, that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won't show up for the first 50 minutes of a game. And then they'll ruin your hopes and dreams in the last <laughs> 10 minutes in overtime if they need to. Uh, we've seen that story over and over again. They hurt the Saints twice doing that. Last night, if, if Arizona would have held on, the, the, the Saints and Panthers would both have a clear path to the uh, the playoffs. Now the Panthers have to do it themselves next week.
0: Yeah, I guess it's all in the Panthers sort of hands at this point. If they control
1: their own destiny.
0: Exactly. (laughs) If they happen to win out, which is asking a lot because they've already won the last two games. So this would be a four game win streak to end out the year. But if they were to happen to win out, I mean, they would be hosting a playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys, which is just pretty crazy at what it would would be eight and nine. So, uh, pretty crazy we could, that they- we could have a couple
1: of eight and nine <laughs> division winners in both souths this
0: year. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Speaking of which, we can just jump right into the news. Ryan Tannehill is likely out for the season. The Jaguars have now jumped to minus 225 favorites to win the AFC South. Uh, We saw Malik Willis this week again, not really great impacts on that Titans offense. So um, maybe I'm with Vegas there that I think that the Jaguars could end up being the team out of the South.
1: (laughs) Well, and for the fantasy advice, Traylon Burks came back, and you wouldn't know it by reading the box score. Um, we, we, lo- we love the rookie tight end there, but if, if Malik Willis is a quarterback, I don't think he can use anybody, anybody except for Derrick Henry.
0: I feel the exact same way. It's it's pretty brutal. There were a number of sort of quarterback substitutions this week. Um, Gardner Minshew, we were just talking about him before we started recording. Minshew Mania was alive and well at AT&T Stadium. Obviously, they did not get the win, but it, it was against the number three ranked defense, according to DVOA. Uh, Minshew completed 24 of 40 attempts for 355 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, rushed for five yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty much on par with what I thought he would put up, but Hertz's status is up in the air for week 17. I know he is pushing to play against the saints. That is a very, very consequential game for yeah. the saints there. So that could have huge implications. Uh, what did you think of Gardner Minshew's sort of uh, performance and debut this season?
1: I, I mean, I'd love to have, I, I had him in a really important fantasy playoff game that I won because I had Lamar Jackson and Ryan Tannehill nice. on that team. Um, but I would I would feel perfectly comfortable starting him again this week, even though the Saints have had a, a pretty good pass defense this year. And that game's gonna mean a lot for Philadelphia too, because they didn't actually beat Dallas after after giving up that lead in the final minutes. So Philadelphia still has to win another one to to secure the one seed, to secure the uh uh the division title, even. Uh, so if he is the starter, uh Keep playing him. We could be talking like top 10, top 12 option and not just desperation option, but uh, um, it is very much up in the air. You know, we talked to the Saints coaches today about, you know, having to prepare for both possibilities. I I don't think we've gotten a really good clue yet and probably won't till later this week on who the starter is going to be there, but they'll be doing it without Lane Johnson. So that will affect the offense a little bit for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm sure that that is complicated to plan for since they are very different quarterbacks that run different schemes in that Eagles offense, but for sure will be something that you need to monitor the entire week um, because it makes a huge difference for fantasy managers. Um, one of the biggest pieces of news that came out today was Nathaniel Hackett has been fired. And I think that a lot of Broncos media had been saying that it was going to happen at the end of the season after week 18. So um It it did happen. It was on the heels of just an awful, awful game against the Rams. They lost 51 to 14 to a Baker Mayfield-led Rams team. And just, I mean, this is a this is a a defense that's supposed to be number one ranked in past DBOA. So that's just definitely not the uh the game scripts that I was expecting. So um maybe we don't find out this year, but maybe next year we will find out if Hackett or Russ were like the real problem with this Broncos team.
1: I'm fascinated to see who they hire obviously Sean Payton's name will be in the conversation if he's not the guy there but I mean everything in Denver comes down to figuring out Russ because they can't move on from him they don't have the the draft capital uh, to, to pick the next guy they do have a late first round pick from another trade but they don't have theirs um so figuring out russ uh is the key to denver and it's you know it's going to be fascinating from a fantasy standpoint he's it's going to be an undrafted fantasy quarterback in most yep. leagues next year and and you know I, I i wonder if that's the last we've seen him we've seen people dip before we saw tom brady dip before before he returned and in Tampa. So uh, that's going to be a fascinating storyline going into next season. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tom Brady. Are, are, these, are these great, all-time great quarterbacks uh, done or was this a blip on the radar? But uh, that's going to that's be what the next coach is tasked with without question
0: definitely i'm actually running a twitter poll right now of who which team messed up the most at the quarterback <laughs> position and that's the broncos versus the browns obviously deshaun watson had another disappointing game against your saints so um currently leading the poll are the broncos i don't know if that's just because it was just so rancid on uh, so uh yes,
1: What about, why aren't the Panthers on this poll? Not only did they trade for Baker Mayfield, they gave up on him right before he goes out and leads a 51-point effort.
0: They did not give up multiple firsts for Baker Mayfield. So it was a pretty low risk. I think it was a fifth round pick or something like that. So it was a pretty low risk trade relative to what we're talking about with uh, Deshaun Watson and yeah. Russell Wilson, at least. So, um, but yes, I mean, that's painful to watch. It's it's like watching your ex date someone that's way more attractive. So uh, yeah, I mean, whatever, it's fine. Uh, in terms of other quarterback turmoil around the league, Mike White has been cleared for contact uh, already means the starter for week 16 against the Seahawks Zach Wilson back to the bench it's been a painful sort of three game stretch there but I think this will be good news for Garrett Wilson and Zonovan Knight and the rest of this offense um, who were looking pretty bad with with Zach Wilson and I kind of wonder where that leaves Zach Wilson in his future with this franchise or otherwise absolutely
1: absolutely I mean I don't know if they're unfortunately they were so good early this season. I don't know if <laughs> they'll be in position to draft anybody new, but it's hard to imagine they go into next year with Zach Wilson as their starter. But you're absolutely right, you can trust Garrett Wilson in your fantasy Super Bowl lineups and your daily leagues and all that again. Now, um, you can maybe trust Elijah Moore in those leagues. Zonovan Knight, I'm still a little shaky on though, that might have been a little bit of a flash in the pan. And now that Michael Carter is back, he's going to be mm-hmm. splitting time. That I think that. You have to be a little more desperate, but but all of them are in better shape than they were before that news came out.
0: Look, it's just painful to watch the Jets only be able to put up three points on the Jaguars, who... I believe our are dead last and past DVOA. So that was a disappointing performance, even given that we knew Zach Wilson was starting the game. But we did have a number of games this week impacted by weather, the Saints and Browns being one of them. Um, the Bills actually still put up 35 points on the Bears. That one I know was a cold and snowy one. Uh the Titans game, which was actually delayed right, you know, a couple hours before game time. They they deleted an hour because no one in Tennessee had had power. That ended 19 to 14 kind of talked about that one a little bit the jets were impacted by weather right off the bat 19 to 3 like i said so there are a number of games kind of just that were a little wonky this week uh i personally no one cares about my fantasy lineups but personally <laughs> I suffered from a lot of these weather impacted games so it was a bummer and that did lead to a number of unlikely high scorers this week and some of these will come up in the waivers but um Jared Goff QB2 Gardner Minshew QB5 <laughs> uh Cam Akers pops off and becomes the RB1 what an emotional roller coaster it has been for Cam Akers uh donte Foreman who I did not think was going to do well against this Lions run defense and I mean the Panthers just ran all over the Lions. So it was just an absolutely crazy performance there. Kendrick Bourne was the wide receiver six. Isaiah Hodgins, wide receiver seven. Um, Shane Zilstra, the tight end Oh Ford. my gosh, that's the, Mar-
1: the most random for last, yeah.
0: Mercedes Lewis. Like I wasn't even sure that he was still playing in the NFL. So he was the tight end 10. So definitely a lot of uh, randomness there. Um,
1: Samantha, thankfully- somewhere, somewhere out there is somebody who who held on to Cam Akers as long as they could, dropped him, and then lost, got knocked out of the playoffs by him <laughs> this weekend. Yes. You, you know uh, that happened to several people who probably don't listen the show anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pour one out for them. I did start Cam Akers in the two places that I had him, so I felt good about that. But uh, at least on the injury front, we were pretty light. The only one that I could think about in terms of like being potentially in your – fantasy Super Bowl lineups would be Christian Watson suffered a hip injury did not return to Sunday's game against the Dolphins Uh, but let's just jump into the waivers by position starting with quarterbacks Uh, Brock Purdy would probably be towards the top of my list if Gardner Minshew is not playing I I think Gardner Minshew has to be your number one if if it looks like he is the starter but Brock Purdy impressive yet again I mean currently the QB 13 heading into Monday night Uh, since taking over for Jimmy G he's QB 18 QB 8 QB 14 QB 13 and he gets the Raiders this week who ranked 31st in past DVOA so I think that he could be a streaming option if uh, Jalen Hurts doesn't play and Gardner Minshew isn't available Minshew of course like I said very impressive currently the QB 5 so uh, they do place, face the Saints I don't think that's the easiest matchup but certainly feels like he could still muster QB one numbers out. And then Mike White is the guy that we have been mentioning a lot. He had actually looked pretty good for, uh, you know, the other members of that team. And he is a usable, I think QB two at the Seahawks this week. Do you have any thoughts about those guys or anyone else on your radar?
1: Yeah. Well, I love Brock Purdy's final two matchups against the Raiders and the Cardinals. If you're in a league that goes all the way uh, to week 18 and, and, you know, we were wondering about the injuries at receiver there, but Somebody loves George Kittle again. Uh, uh, It's a good reminder that some quarterbacks, you know, love. He's turning back into Travis Kelsey there. Uh, So he's got plenty of options. You can obviously throw to Christian McCaffrey too. Um, um, He by far and away him. Yeah. Him and Minshew are two guys that, that I would, I would start with confidence in really important games, less confidence in Mike White and Baker Mayfield. They're legitimate options though. But you know, I mean, you can't ignore what Baker Mayfield just did. I mean, he, what, 24, 28, he finished. I think he completed like 18 of his first 19 or something crazy like that. He's, he's playing real football there. Uh, I, I don't expect 51 points again against the Chargers, but it's not an impossible matchup. Um, so he's, he's not a bad option. He really isn't. Uh, Sam Darnold will be going against the uh, the Buccaneers. I don't, I don't think that's a great matchup. So I'd put him, I'd put him below Baker Mayfield almost ironically enough. <laughs>
0: Yes, uh, ironically enough. I mean, of of I don't know how much to make of this Baker Mayfield sort of comeback. I I mean it, it is impressive credit where credit is due against the Broncos, who have been absolutely crazy good against the past this year. So um yeah, I mean, he is a viable option for two quarterback or super flex leagues, or even if you're in like a 16 team league and you happen to lose a quarterback, like I, I don't hate that for sure. Um, in terms of the running back position guys that I am looking at are James cook. He's just over 50% rostered. Uh, he, the, the bills obviously leaned very heavily on their run game in that Freezing cold game that we just talked about. Cook and Devin Singletary split work on the ground pretty evenly, but Cook is the RB nine and half PPR with one game left to play. He was outsnapped by Singletary by a count of twenty six to thirty seven, but this still remains a, a pretty legitimate sort of a running back by committee situation. And in the Bills offense, he still offers a lot of upside. So he's a, he's a rookie that's been on my radar since before the draft, for sure. Chuba Hubbard, uh, we talked about the Panthers just kind of dominating on the ground, which is not necessarily how I thought that game would play out, just given how the Lions has looked so weak against the pass and then pretty good against the run. But uh, again, another 1A, 1B type situation with Dante Foreman. Tyler Algier, Has been looking pretty good I mean he had a massive week 15 and then rushed 18 times for 74 yards and caught four passes for 43 yards the RB 11 appears though that he has emerged as maybe the favorite rusher over Cordero Patterson with maybe Desmond Ritter leading on more of a traditional run game versus that kind of uh, short yardage passing game with Patterson so that was kind of my takeaway from that game any thoughts on those guys or anyone else that's on your radar
1: yeah, I had, I had four names that my top four names listed are the same top four you had listed with yes. Gus Edwards being the fourth. Yes. The problem is with all four of these guys, they all split time. Yes. Um, James Cook, Chuba Hubbard. James Cook and Chuba Hubbard had sort of like breakout games and still both finished second on their own teams uh, behind Deontay Foreman and, and Devin Singletary. But, you know, Cook... For a minute there, I, I I think we really strongly advocated for him when it looked like, are they just going to turn to him down the stretch and they've just been waiting to unleash him? And that hasn't really happened, but his snaps have still been there. That, that week that I'm talking about, he had 32 snaps four weeks ago. Um, and, and he had the big breakout game and since then he's had 24, 28, 26. So they are still continuing to use him. Um, you know, I, I don't think he'll, he'll put up RB one numbers, but he's really involved. I mean, it's the same situation, um, for Hubbard. We talked about how he started getting more early down work and that continued, but as that game wore on Foreman kind of surpassed him in that role, um, uh, he has more of the pass catching quality there, but Algier is the one who I think they've really made a a shift there. And yep. with Desmond Ritter at quarterback being kind of a, a shaky quarterback for them, and and the same thing, he's not running like Marcus Mariota was. They're giving a lot of volume to Algier too. They're going to play against a Cardinals team that they should be able to run the ball the entire game against. That game should not get away from them. They could be protecting a lead in that game. I think you can feel really comfortable. Uh, Putting Algier in there. One other name that might join this list. You got to watch Monday Night Football to see what the Colts plan to do with with Zach Moss and Deion Jackson. We were wondering about that last week. Uh, We'll find that out on Monday night if if you know one of them clearly emerges as their go to guy that could be actionable. Um, and then yeah just a, a couple other names I put in here for for more of the desperate Kenneth Gainwell we've mentioned him almost every week because yeah. he continues to play a small role there in Philly and then DJ Dallas is kind of quietly uh, he was dealing with his own injuries but he's clearly sort of the Chuba Hubbard to uh, to uh, what Kenneth Walker is doing there in Seattle.
0: Definitely, yeah. To your point about the Hubbard Foreman sort of split, there, I think that in games where they're just going to go up and kind of have a, a decent lead—I mean, I, I wasn't a huge lead, but it was a decent lead uh, for a lot of that game—that's when Foreman shines, whereas Hubbard is obviously the more the, the pass catcher. So it's it's really just a game script dependent sort of situation for which guy and, and it, the Panthers are just such a weird team that like, I never know what version of the Panthers yeah. are going to show up. So it's it like, it's one thing to say like, Oh, well, if you think they're going to lead in this game, like, I don't know, like they, <laughs> they, they beat the Buccaneers earlier this season, which seemed like a very improbable win. So, um, well, you know not- what they're going to
1: do. They're going to be leading Tampa Bay by 10 points with five minutes to go, so they'll at least be yes. able to run until Tampa Bay decides <laughs> okay, to.
0: Okay, so what you're saying is start Dante <laughs> Foreman, exactly. Um, yes, no, Tyler Algier, I think that he could flirt with RB2 numbers this week against the Cardinals. They rank 27th in rush DBOA and have allowed the eighth most fantasy points to running backs this year, so yes, he is the one that I would say like has a little bit of a clearer edge in, in these committee-type situations. Gus Edwards, it's just hard to get it Excited about anyone in this Ravens backfield because they've just been such a headache for fantasy all season long. So the only positive thing is that they've given up on like Kenneth Drake, uh, Kenyon Drake right now. So at least he is not uh, kind of messing up fantasy lineups at this point. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It is a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button, along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper right now to play their new over under game, have fun with your friends and make some money on your mobile phone. Join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you will get a $100 match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Onto the wide receivers. I think there's a little bit better crop here. Uh, Jahan Dotson just remains at the top of this list. I get it. Like not that many people are super active on waivers this time of year because now most people only have two teams that are really in contention to win or, you know, four teams if we're we're going for a third place finish or something like that. But Dotson is only 23% rostered. So, and I actually worried about this matchup. I know that, the the 49ers haven't been a terrible matchup for wide receivers fantasy wise but they are still a top team against the pass um, in terms of DVOA but he Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel all had nice days for fantasy all found the end zone Dotson had a team high nine targets caught six passes for 76 yards and a touchdown so like I said I was just I was a little worried about him I didn't say sit him but I wasn't quite yeah. ready to go all in on him but now i i mean if he can handle uh, uh matchups like that it's it's pretty impressive this is his third game in a row with at least 14 fantasy points and a touchdown uh we, we mentioned that he missed a big chunk of time but in the 10 games he's played in he's finished as a top 22 receiver in or better in six of them. So I think he's he's a wide receiver three uh, rest of season with the Browns and Cowboys to finish out the year. Those are much easier matchups than the 49ers. Uh, DJ Chark has been a frequent flyer on this report as well, just because he's, just kind of randomly emerged and has actually performed better with Jamison Williams on the field, which is not necessarily the development that I would think would happen. But since week 12, Chark is the wide receiver. 20 has four or five games with nine or more fantasy points. So this offense is just very high volume with Jared Goff kind of chucking the ball a lot. So he should uh, be a viable starter this week against the Bears who ranked 29th in past DVOA. And then the uh, the next guy that I'm going to mention, a couple guys I'm going to mention are both from the Giants, Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James. Not really sure what to make of who I would take from either of these guys because they both ended up catching eight passes each. And it was 89 yards at a touchdown and then 80 yards. Um, Darius Slayton was also involved as well. So it's, it's like this passing game for the Giants has been pretty much put together with like spit and glue because they don't have a really good alpha receiver so it's really hard to like put your faith in Isaiah Hodgins but that said I mean he was he was released by the Bills picked up by the Giants in November and really has been on the rise ever since so I think he's a name to definitely keep an eye on if you have a deeper league I really don't hate that um, matchup he's facing the Colts this week Um, Brandon Cooks came back from injury, looked pretty good from a three-game injury hiatus, um, led the team in targets, caught four of nine for 34 yards and a touchdown. He's been disappointing this year, but like the, the Texans who have two wins don't, aren't, aren't really, they don't have a lot of competition for targets there. So uh, they And Nico
1: Collins is out for the year, yeah.
0: Yes, uh, and the remaining schedule is Jaguars and Colts. Um, the Jaguars are a very, very good matchup there, so uh, any thoughts on the guys that I mentioned or any other guys that yeah. you like?
1: Well, first of all, we both are, have been driving the Jahan Dotson bandwagon and nobody's listening to us. And it's 23%. Like that's gotta be keeper in dynasty leagues too. He has to be a hundred percent rostered in those leagues. If not, even if you miss the playoffs, run out and put him on your lineup, Absolutely. It's illegal to do it right now. Um, he's, he's going to be great for years to come. I mean, the talent is there and the opportunity is there. What more do you want in in a fantasy pickup? Of course, I'm also scared about Isaiah Hodgins, Um, but the giants, I was laughing. uh, They must lead the league in most receivers picked up in fantasy leagues this year. It's like every three weeks, they have two new guys who are their number one and number two receiver, but there is something really there with him. I mean, this is a little bit more for the desperate, but um, first of all, they picked him up from the bills but they're, the whole, the Giants' whole staff GM coach are from the Bills, so they all know him really well, which is why I think it, he, he jumped in there so quick. And this is, I think, three or four straight games where he's played like 90% of their snaps. So this isn't just fluke numbers he put up. He's been really getting kind of wide receiver one snap shares there. Um, so I don't you know totally trust him but it's not a fluke um one other name i think will vault to the top of the list if christian watson is is going to miss this game is alan lazard he kind of falls into that category of brandon Cooks so somebody he's down in like the 20 percent rosters now because he had just disappeared for so long but he became you know the go-to guy after watson got hurt and and he's kind of steadily been regaining his role there i mean you could consider romeo dubs too uh in really deep leagues but if, if christian watson is out that's an opportunity there. Um, I mentioned Rashid Shaheed last week for the Saints. And I thought we should ignore him in the frigid weather at Cleveland, but sure enough, he made some big catches in that game. And it's the second week in a row now where he's, he's led them in routes run. He's become their target leader. And one of those games even was with Chris Olave on the field. So Rashid Shahid is not only a home run threat, but he's getting the opportunity there. I I really like him, especially in in like daily lineups, but, but even in your Super Bowl lineups, if you feel like your team could use a, a home run threat, he's become one. Um, Greg Dorch was getting the volume. I don't know how much you can trust that. Uh, we didn't really talk much about Kendrick Bourne with the best game of his career, I think because he's been around for a long time. So, but, you know, Hunter Renfro is back playing a little bit of a role. Michael Gallup had one of his biggest names. It's a really, it's, we're not going to talk about Trenton Irwin, I don't <laughs> think, even though he was one of those surprised, but it, it's, there's a lot of names to choose from at receiver this week.
0: Definitely, yeah. Dortch was an interesting one. I will say interesting because, you know, look, DeAndre Hopkins was in a number of my lineups, and I I knew better, but I didn't have a choice. Like, that's the thing is that sometimes you don't have a choice to sit DeAndre Hopkins. Caught one of 10 targets for four yards. Marquise Brown held to just three catches and six targets for 57 yards. And then Greg Dortch (laughs) (laughs) caught 10 of 11 targets for 98 yards, rushes three times for 25 yards. I mean, he's the wide receiver 11 heading into Monday night, clearly has some good chemistry with third string quarterback Trace McSorley, who could be the cor- the Cardinals quarterback rest of way. So yeah. uh, I mean, they face the Falcons this so week that rank uh 30th in past CDOA, have allowed the sixth most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. So I'm not I'm not saying necessarily trust Greg George in right. your in your fantasy championships, but yeah, another name that would be good for uh it, daily. And it reminds uh,
1: when I- me of of when we were talking about the Matt Ryan Paris Campbell chemistry. I mean, if that's the throw your quarterback makes and then the volumes there. But I would think that the coaches in Arizona have to figure out, all right, let's put DeAndre Hopkins in the Greg Dortch role if those are the kind of throws he like uh, making. And, and they'll probably figure out a way to get the ball in, in Hopkins' hands much much quicker next week because there's that, that no way to win a game that, with that game plan they had last night.
0: Absolutely terrible. One thing I will ask you, uh, any, any insight as to if Olave or Landry will be playing this week?
1: Yeah. Uh, Landry will not be back. They, they placed him in IR late in the week. So, okay. so he's out of the mix for good, which is even more for Shahid's opportunity. Um, it's a little early to know on a I, I didn't, you know, I mean, it was a hamstring issue uh, I believe. So we don't know the severity, but he didn't practice at all last week. So there was never, never any chance of him playing. So um, that that's when we'll probably learn more out on Wednesday, but Shahid's worth, worth a flyer pickup either way. And if a is out, then he's probably worth a start.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely once you have a wide receiver one on any team, even if it's a a team that doesn't have necessarily the, the craziest offensive potential. But uh, one member of the Saints that does have great offensive <laughs> potential, uh, so let's just talk about the tight ends, Taysom Hill. Yeah. I know you said uh, earlier that you know people were kind of mad that 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 (laughs) Jason Hill wasn't getting fed enough but he did rush nine times for 56 yards and a touchdown currently the tight end eight which is just kind of funny that he can be tight end (laughs) eight with zero catches but still one of the higher upside tight end options and maybe a more reliable one just considering his usage as a rusher so I mean I think he's definitely going to be a top 12 option against the Eagles and Panthers both of which have below average defenses against the run and then the only other name that I could really think of about the tight end position is going to be Noah Fant 24% rostered he he caught the Seahawks alone touchdown of the day he's just I mean two of three targets for 12 yards and a touchdown not like the the greatest stat line or anything but he has been in the mix um and has finished as a top seven tight end in three of the last six games so if you're really desperate there I would say Fant is not a terrible option
1: well um for the Saints, Taysom Hill. Now, I loved him against Cleveland and actually think this was about like the lowest number of carries he could have possibly had in those frigid conditions. Um, I know was a chance he might actually practically serve as the starting quarterback in that game, but he did just enough uh, to make him worth the risk. If like you put him in over Mark Andrews or something on a whim, uh, uh, you know, he, he still didn't let you down too much. But against Philly, I think it might be a little harder for them to stick with the run and to stick with all those Taysom Hill plans if they get down. That's that's the risk. Not that they can't run against Philly, but how long can they – continue to use their run game. If, uh, if Philly puts up a lot of points on him, so he's not the safest bet in the world in that game, but he's always better than a, a lot of these other touchdown or bust guys that you're considering. But we can't forget about Jawan Johnson. And I'm not sure if you didn't mention him because I didn't look at his roster percentage. He might've finally crept too high on the roster percentage because, He was catching all those touchdowns that has not changed. He is still their go-to guy in the red zone. uh, Especially if Olave is hurt, he's going to go right back to being uh, one of their biggest pass catchers. He just disappeared because of the Cleveland weather. So don't think that, you know, uh, he's not still a big part of this offense because he didn't put up big numbers in Cleveland uh in whatever 30 mile per hour winds. Um and then uh also you know we could add Greg Dulcich back to the list. We flirted with him all year long. Uh and anytime he puts up a big game, he doesn't seem to follow it up. But he's another one in that Noah fan range.
0: Yeah, I uh, I just I wish I could trust anyone in that Denver dumpster yeah. fire, but it's it's pretty tough. Uh, tempers were definitely flaring on the sidelines there. We there.
1: we should also mention Shane Zilstra because of what he I did. I know, but and, do we
0: want to do we want to yeah, chase I mean, touchdowns? But <laughs> that's the thing
1: we need to mention him because people probably want to listen to find out who this guy is, and they might think, "Oh, TJ Hawkinson's gone. It was this the guy who replaced TJ Hawkinson." And there's opportunity there, not not really. He's been yeah. like there their third tight end, even after Hawkinson left. So this was as fluky as fluky can be, but, you know, maybe they saw something. It, it's not, it's not a hard hierarchy to climb in Detroit, sure. but uh, but this is the exact opposite of what we were saying about Isaiah Hodgins. Hodgins has, or Rashid Shaheed. those guys have been playing, those roles and getting those opportunities and getting those snaps so those aren't fluky. Zilstra this truly came out of nowhere.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean it feels fluky but hey if you if you're in a situation uh where it's just do or die or or you you need a miracle basically I it, Maybe Shane Ziltras could save your fantasy season, but uh, that will do it for the penultimate episode of the, the Monday Fantasy Flex episode. Um, Mike, please remind everyone where they can find your work.
1: Yep, I cover the Saints for New Orleans.football, a subscription site where, you know, we get into more of the details on, on the Saints than, uh, than anyone. And uh, if you're interested in this team, uh, um, you're cheating yourself if you're not following us.
0: All right. Well, yes, every all eyes too will be on this Panthers Buccaneers game. Not like I that's that's maybe a joke. I don't know if <laughs> all eyes will be on that. But uh just to see the outcome of, of this division because it could be uh, pretty consequential. But uh thank you everyone to, for joining. Uh, don't forget to email those mailbag questions to mailbag at actionnetwork.com. And we will see you all next week. Peace out, guys.